You're listening to The Tales We Tell, a podcast about spooky stories, unsolved mysteries, and local lore. I'm your host, Hannah Parch. And I'm Katie. Welcome back! I was just, we were off mic, slash on mic that we're going to cut, talking about the wine... Because I have a fun story for the wine. Which she really (laughs) needed to tell me to preface before I had any of it. Because I had a backup wine for Katie. (laughs) So everyone knows Katie hates Chardonnay. And my mother-in-law also knows this because she listens to the podcast. Hello, Stephanie. And she texted me at 6.23 today, so an hour ago. And she said, let Katie know that I always hated Chardonnay till somebody served me it and I was a guest at their house so I had to drink it <laughs> and it was Kendall Jackson and it was actually okay <laughs> and then several texts later she said anyway I thought the Chardonnay by Kendall Jackson was kind of buttery <laughs> and at that point I'd already bought it because <laughs> I was like oh we'll try it so she told me this and again everyone knows I do not I'll I, I, Every week, Jerk's like, what wine do you want? And I'm like, anything but Chardonnay. Anything but Chardonnay. <laughs> and, uh, but at the same time, I'm very open-minded, and I will try anything once. Yes. And I have tried it. I'm not going to recommend it, <laughs> just because I don't like Chardonnay, and therefore I don't think I'm a good judge of what's good or not. But I did not make the really ugly, like, sour face that I normally do after every sip of Chardonnay, yeah. so... I mean, that's something, you know. I don't I wouldn't it. call it a five-star review, <laughs> but sure. I'm drinking a full glass of it. Katie had her tasting. I'm just, and I'm just trying to finish it now. <laughs> like, it's really She's not just, that bad. I'm just trying to finish it so I can get the real wine. Yeah. She's going to be drinking the Sea Glass Pinot Grigio. What else was I going to say about the Chardonnay? It's Chardonnay. It's oh, gross. it was a $16 bottle, so it's oh. more than I normally spend on wine. Maybe that's why I don't hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so we're definitely going to drink it in this house. <laughs> Just because we don't waste wine here. We have some other announcements. Our big one I already told you about, but I'm really excited to announce that we have another patron on Patreon. Her name is Gemma. I love that name. Everyone I have said that to is like, oh my gosh, I love that name. I also love it. So, Gemma, everyone's over here fangirling about your name. That was, like, my favorite name for years. Like, I'm going to have a daughter named Gemma. Mm-hmm. I think I remember telling, having this conversation with you. <laughs> um, but she, uh, but it, Gemma is the name of a character in a book series that I love. Oh. It's called A Great and Terrible Beauty. It's a trilogy. And I started the series and ended the series like in the fetal position on the floor, <laughs> bawling my eyes out. Oh no. Well, I honestly didn't like the name Gemma when I first heard it long ago because I was introduced to it on Sons of Anarchy. And Gemma was not my favorite character. But I got over that and now I love the name. And Gemma is actually also known as the crafty criminologist. I looked through her Instagram <laughs> and too. looked through all of the cool stuff. I'm going to probably have to go buy some stickers from her Etsy. Yeah. she. So her Instagram name is the crafty criminologist. She has a store. She's UK based. And her Etsy store is etsy.com 
slash UK slash shop slash crafty chronologist. I think she's also got a link in her Instagram bio. She does. And we're going to put the link. um, But this works because she's our patron. So this is her shout out. But also I'm using her as our small business shout out. Go support a small business and get some really cute... She has holographic stickers. I'm excited about those, especially the one with the moth. Hate that one. I was just like, moth man. <laughs> I thought that too, but also I hate moths. So <laughs> not going to be buying that one. On that same strain, we do have a Patreon. Please go join it. Gemma made my whole day yesterday when I got the notification. And that information is in our Instagram bio which is the tales we tell podcast on instagram and facebook but anything on instagram is shared to facebook yes and we've also got our website for our non-social media listeners it's the tales we tell podcast.com yep and of course there's also a red bubble store yep in case you need some sweet swag yep which none of us need neither of us are wearing tonight but i was reclining on my Tales We Tell pillow earlier this evening, though, so... Well, doesn't count. <laughs> Speaking of Patreon, everything's connected here. We do have some more bonus content soon, coming soon, which Katie doesn't know about because this is the first time I'm telling her. I have a bonus mini-sode that we may be recording this weekend. Awesome. To when you're going to be at my house anyways. I was going to spring it on you last minute for the guest, for the... Oh, yeah. I was like, why am I going to be at your house? Are you having a party that I've completely forgotten about somehow? No. I'm really excited about this episode. I haven't finished it yet, but it was one that I stumbled upon in my research for this episode, and there wasn't enough information that I could find to make it a full episode, but it's really, it's wild. So if you want to become a patron, if you need a reason... Do it just for this one, because I'm predicting that it's going to be really good. It's a wild story. My last announcement is an apology to your husband, because I <laughs> told him I was going to use him as a source for some drug stuff, and then I... Com- legal. Legal, yeah. Some farm. Pharma- sorry. Some pharmaceutical stuff. And I mean, then I... His, his schooling, like, he does have to learn about the illegal stuff, too, yeah. because... Yeah, there's some drugs that if somebody's taking illegal mm-hmm. drugs, that these prescriptions could have Interfere. negative reactions. So he does know about the legal and illegal stuff, but he only tenders in the legal stuff. I can also very clearly see him staring at someone and just saying, if you're taking an illegal substance, you need to tell me because this drug will kill you if you... <laughs> He'll go all Dr. House on them. I don't know if he's ever had that... Interaction. He's definitely dealt with some people who have clearly been like, "You are on something, aren't you?" He's uh, just—he has a very dry way of delivering things. If it's just, it, there's nothing like it, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> in a good way, in a very oh, yeah. good way. Okay, that's all I have. Let's do it. So I'm gonna do tell it, you. To I'm gonna tell you. Not well-researched drug information. (laughs) Which just means I'm just going to mention the drugs. I did go so far as to send him the names of the three medications. Well, this will be a reason for him to actually listen. Exactly. And correct us if we're... Or correct you if you're wrong, because I won't know anything. I'm going to intentionally put misinformation. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not doing that. And then we'll correct it on the next episode. Yeah. 
All right. This is the story of Annalise McKell. Are you familiar? I am not. I feel I like... I thought for a second I was, <laughs> but it's just because our friend has a daughter named Annalise. Oh. Hopefully this is not her story. Uh, no. I think you'll become familiar with it once I get into it. Okay. But I might know the, the story or by a different story. name or something. Yeah. All right. Anna Elizabeth McKell, who went by Annalise, was born September 21st, 1952 in Leibfling, Bavaria, in West Germany, to parents Joseph and Anna. She had three sisters, and their family was very Catholic. I'm assuming she had a, a fairly normal upbringing. I have that highlighted as a... Question mark? I mean, if there's not a lot of information about it, yeah. that probably means that, yeah, there, there wasn't much going on. This is true. The first real kind of information we have about her adolescence is in 1968 when she was 16. She suffered her first, we're going to call it a seizure, and then I'm going to explain it. To episode. Episode. And she was at school when it happened. She blacked out. And students, other students or classmates saw her walking around kind of in a daze. And she claimed to have no memory of this. Does not sound like a seizure. (laughs) Well, a year later... Some other kind of mental episode, sure. Yes. So, a, a year later, she had a similar episode. It says she woke up in a trance, but I don't know what that means. Woke she, up from a trance. Yeah, that, uh, there was a lot of the first part has a lot of. It makes about as much sense as waking up dead. <laughs> well, uh, we'll get we'll do another episode on that. <laughs> Apparently, in this during this episode, she wet the bed, so she's seventeen, so that's not normal. And she had some convulsions with this one, so much more like a seizure. Much more like a seizure. Uh, because wetting yourself mm-hmm. or relieving yourself mm-hmm. is unfortunately a very, very common thing for anyone experiencing a seizure. Yes. So her parents were good parents and they took her to a neurologist to figure out what's going on. And she was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. Hmm. So according to epilepsy.com, <laughs> seizures in temporal lobe epilepsy include focal awareness seizures such as auras and focal impaired awareness seizures. Auras and focal impaired awareness seizures, I guess, are the same thing. But they're one of the main symptoms of this kind of seizure that you get with this epilepsy. So I know these words. Yes. But I'm not sure I fully understand (laughs) the the words as they're being used in this situation or strung together in this order. So aura, in this sense, is not like... A, a person's aura, like uh, the yeah, glow correct, that you put correct. off. Yeah, I figured it was not that, because I know there's also, like, visual aura yeah. things that can happen. Yeah, this seems more like a feeling that kind of overcomes you. The next thing it says is the most common auras are feelings of deja vu or some upset stomach. I get both of those things. Well, keep listening. Feelings of fear, panic, anxiety, and a rising sensation coming from the stomach to the chest or throat or butterflies with nausea are other common auras. So, an anxiety attack. I was going to say, I get all this. (laughs) I'm just, you're naming these. I'm like, yep. Yeah. So, think of it it like the way an anxiety attack comes upon you. Mm Mm-hmm. 
someone, I wish I had put this quote in here. It wasn't attributed to anyone, so I don't have, I have no idea who said it. But it was on this website, and it was talking about someone who experienced this, and they were like, I got, I just was overcome with this really overwhelming sense of deja vu, and people were talking, but I didn't really understand what they were saying, and I knew I was there, but That's I... me on a Monday morning meeting. <laughs> I see them, I hear them, but well, I don't know what's going on. This is... I I never heard of any of this. So, apparently some people also may get a sense of unusual smell, or like may smell something strange. Mm-hmm. And it says, during this type of seizure, a person may have a fixed stare, become unaware or confused about what is going on around them, have fumbling with their fingers or lip-smacking movements, and the seizures can last 30 seconds to a couple of minutes. There also can be unusual posturing in the arms, and some people also speak gibberish or lose their ability to speak in a sensible manner. So all of that definitely sounds not like an anxiety attack. Right. So it sounds like, I mean, I can kind of picture, because I feel like it's been uh, portrayed Mm -hmm. in movies or uh, TV shows or something, where you're seeing through the character's point of view and the world kind of, it kind of goes hazy except for like a single focal point. Yeah. And all of the the talking and noise around just kind of becomes this muffled din to where yeah. you you hear noise mm-hmm. but nothing is distinctive. You can't anything and mm-hmm. then the person kind of snaps out of it. Yeah. I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah. That's kind of what it sounds like. Yeah. Um but not somebody just zoning out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess these make sense with, like, her first episode of just having no memory of it, walking around in a daze. Mm-hmm. I would probably describe that as blacking out. I mean, I assume that's what I'm doing when I'm, when when I have in the very distant past dr- drunk to the point of not remembering things. So your birthday. <laughs> okay, almost a year ago, <laughs> distant past. <laughs> also, I was not the only one doing that that night. No, there was lots of people drinking themselves into oblivion. Everyone was very happy you turned 30. Also, your bushes were very not happy that my husband chugged a bottle of wine. They're still alive, so whatever. (laughs) I mean, the stray cats in the neighborhood come and pee in them all the time. I can't tell you how many times I've walked out my front door, go into the car, and Mm. I just waft of ammonia smell. Gross. Stupid cats. So another kind of, not side effect, but something that is often associated with temporal lobe epilepsy is something called Geschwind syndrome. It's rare that someone has all of the symptoms of Geschwind syndrome, Mm -hmm. but some of the more common ones are hyper-religiosity, thank you, which is experiencing intense, sometimes abnormal, religious beliefs, hypergraphia, graphia, okay, which is an overwhelming desire to write or draw. Hyposexuality, which is lack of sexual desire or activity. Also, irritability, <laughs> which is very relatable. So, <laughs> yes. It's like, I think I'm good so far. Definitely not, you know, hyper religious. Don't have a problem with the sex drive. Right. You know, I, I sometimes do get the urge to write, but that's usually because I've got a story idea and mm-hmm. I want to write it down before I forget it, but not like an obsessive compulsive yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. Now irritability, however. 
Oh, too much is relatable. Okay, so it, it. I don't think she was diagnosed with Gershwin syndrome. It just mentioned that can be a common, commonly associated with the kind of epilepsy that she had. They can sometimes kind of go hand in hand. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. So it sounds like with this type of epilepsy, she can have, you know, like the the normal seizures that you know most people think of when they think seizures which Mm -hmm. is you know on the ground convulsing Mm -hmm. and you know unresponsive to any kind of other stimulus but then there's also these like waking uh seizures where you're up around you're moving like to anyone looking you are awake and you're you know part of the world yeah you're not really here. Yeah. The lights are on, but no one's home. Yeah. So Interesting. I've, I've never heard of seizures like that. I had neither, which is why I did a little segment on them. Well, now I have to go back and uh, correct myself for trying to correct you and be like, that don't sound like no kind of seizure I ever heard of. Well, Well, now... it isn't a seizure that you've heard of. Yeah, but no. it is now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In 1970, Annalise had a third episode, and at some point, it's unclear to me when this happened, but at some point she was admitted to a psychiatric hospital, and this is where she was put on Dilantin, which all I know about it, (laughs) because I didn't talk to your husband, is that it's an anti-seizure medication. Okay. Then at some point she was put on Paracizazine. I think you're probably close to the first time. Great. That's an antipsychotic, I think. I don't know, Sheldon. I'm I'm shaking my head, yeah, but I (laughs) have no idea. Come at me if I'm wrong. (laughs) So she gets put on these two medications. She's under the care of a physician. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's in an institution, right? Yeah. So she's getting, like, round the clock. And I don't know how long she stayed there. All I know is she got, she had a doctor who was looking after her for this specific reason. So I have a question, and I feel like you're probably going to fuss at me because I'm probably (laughs) getting ahead of you in Uh the story and going to ruin things. Uh But the, uh, I was going to say Gershwin, but it's not Gershwin. It's It's, uh, Geshwin. Geshwin. Mm -hmm. Uh, With the Mm hyper-religiosity, you made sure to say that her family was very Catholic. Very Catholic. So is she going to have some religious issues, I guess would be the word? Possibly, yeah. I mean, you could call them that. I feel like the hyper-religiosity uh, might play a role. But then again, I mean, she was never fully diagnosed to have the uh, Geshwin. She gets diagnosed. Di- diagnosed. Uh-oh. She with, used the air quotes, folks. With some other stuff later. <laughs> by some other by some other people who may or may not, not be doctors. So... <laughs> Annalise is on two is on medication. She's on anti-seizure and anti-psychotic. Neither medication does any good for her. And her symptoms actually start to get worse. So she now That's my understanding of antipsychotics is yeah. for some people they work. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes they work for a while and then they might stop working. And other people they have the exact opposite, opposite. and they make mm. them even more crazy and out of their mind. Yeah. Well, who knows? If we had a pharmacist here to tell us about that, we don't. We don't. Annalise begins at some point to complain of seeing devil faces throughout the day. And she's hearing voices that tell her that she's damned and that she's going to rot in hell. 
I also... That's called a priest, honey. You need to leave Mass and go home. Yeah, that could be... Well, that sounds more like a Baptist preacher. <laughs> Not so much a Catholic priest. Yeah, the, the fire and brimstone for oh, yeah, sure. For sure. She also allegedly heard knocking inside of her house. One time her mother... Again, I'm not... I didn't find a source for this. I heard it, like, secondhand. So, take this one with a grain of salt. Her mother found her staring down a statue of Mary with, quote, eyes turned black. And allegedly there were reports of smelling burnt feces, I guess, around her? Or she was smelling them? Either way, she became severely depressed and increasingly frustrated with medical intervention, which, fair. Don't blame her at all. If you're taking a medication and you think it's making you worse, then fair. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, I'm sure she's been especially frustrated in her, like, lucid moments in between psychotic issues. Also, my question about epilepsy, and I don't know if you would know this from your research on the website, but I always thought... Epileptic seizures were more commonly triggered by some sort of stimulus. Oh. You know, because there's there's warnings for you know haunted houses that mm-hmm. have the strobe lights. Yeah, they have it out there. You know, like if you have epilepsy or any of these conditions or whatever, we recommend you don't do it. Yeah, uh, because I think it can be certain sounds, mm-hmm. sights, or even smells. Some sort of stimulus can trigger it. And I always yeah. thought that was. But maybe not. I. It doesn't sound. I mean, they probably. I guess they didn't describe any stimulus. Yeah, and I don't know if maybe like once she was on medication, if that kind of took on a whole life of its own, Mm. or I don't know. Again, I did not consult a pharmacist about this. Also, sounds like when she's on the medication, it's not so much these seizures, Mm -hmm. but more actual psychotic episodes. Yes, hallucinations. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like that. Well, eventually, as you may have guessed, Annalise becomes convinced that she is possessed by a demonic force. A couple things supported her assumption. One was she went on a pilgrimage to San Damiano. I didn't bother to look up where that was. But she goes on a pilgrimage with a family friend, which, if you don't know, Catholics like to go be pilgrimaging to places. And while they were there, Annalise was unable to walk past a crucifix, whatever unable means. She refused to walk past it. She refused to drink holy water. And according to her and another witness, she claimed that the soil on the ground near one of the shrines was burning her feet. She tried to enter and or approach that same shrine multiple times, but she just wasn't able to. Sounds like some of these things, if she truly was feeling the burning or mm-hmm. truly was not able to walk past the crucifix, like her, her body wouldn't move even yeah. though she was willing it to. Sounds like it might be some psychosomatic things. Yeah, exactly. I think it's fascinating. <laughs> she also said that the people who were praying in the garden to her looked like they were gnashing their teeth, which if you have any... <laughs> Uh, Baptist background. Again, that's a a term Baptist love. Uh, In hell, there is much gnashing of teeth. And she was unable to look directly at pictures of saints because they, quote, sparkled so immensely that she could not stand it. So Annalise begs, she begs multiple priests to help her get rid of the demons that she thinks are inside of her. All of the priests, surprisingly, are like, no... Why don't you go to a doctor? 
which is a first. Which, this is the late 60s, early 70s by now, right? Yeah, this is early 70s. So, this is also about the time that the Catholic priests have kind of, or the Catholic Church has kind of been like, yeah, exorcisms aren't quite so necessary as we used to think they are. Yeah. Turns out, you know, medicine has a really good point with this whole mental health problem thing. So, I mean, they seem to be doing really good with that. (laughs) Meanwhile, our exorcisms (laughs) don't have quite the success rate. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and I will say, and this is, I put some notes in here from episode 32, which was about the exorcism of Roland Doe. I was going to mention him. Yeah, and one of the things that I'm actually very impressed with is that the Catholic Church does have uh, the requirement that medical and psychological exams have to be performed before major exorcisms are done. And they've got to have, you know, basically they've got to have permission from higher up within the yeah. church too. And basically, they have to have a rock solid case. Yeah, for the church to give permission for that. Yeah, and they have um, what's called moral certitude, which means that there has to be no reasonable doubt, no other reasonable explanations for the behaviors. Like, you basically have to exhaust every other explanation for what's going on. Yeah, you've been to a doctor, multiple doctors, Mm -hmm. you've had all the evaluations, all of the tests, you've tried medications, none of it has worked. Right. Then you can consider the exorcism thing. I'd also be very interested to know... How many requests for major exorcisms are submitted Mm. annually or whatever in the Catholic Church? If you are a a bishop, I don't know. Bishops aren't listening to this, right? (laughs) I think we we joke about religion far too often for them to... Well, I will say, you guys know... If you know a bishop... (laughs) And ask them... Or the Pope, if you have a direct line to him. He's a cool... The Pope's a pretty cool guy right now, so... Yeah. yeah. He's, he's doing some good things. I mean, not doing some... He's doing some not-so-great things, but he's also doing some good things, he's still so... A Catholic man. Hey, he's about as pro-science as <laughs> a priest as we... Or a Pope as we've ever had, so... <laughs> so, one of the things... Okay. You know I like to pick cases that just, like, freak me out. Mm -hmm. And that's why I do them. One of the things with a case like this, if you haven't guessed, it's going to be about an exorcism. And I feel like there's a lot of them that you can kind of pick apart and be like, with the Roland Doe one, there were a lot of things where, like, well, was he really possessed or was he just, like, a temperamental teenage boy? And Because he had the aunt that taught him a whole bunch of little... Tips and tricks because she was, what's the word I want? Not an occultist, but she was a spiritualist. spiritualist. That's it. So, you know, he had the aunt. He had some changes and upheavals in his young life. Yeah. And then the fact that it just miraculously stopped one day. Yeah. Well. Not because of a successful exorcism (laughs) or anything. He just, he just got tired of keeping up the act. Didn't he say he saw, like. The Archangel Michael, or... He had a big story of how it stopped. Uh, yeah, he did. There were some angels there. <laughs> but yeah, everything was just so easily, you know, the, the raised barks on his arms. Like, yeah, clearly he scratched true. himself. And Well, for this one at least, I will say, when when the Catholic Church is, is doing its due diligence and 
trying to rule out everything else and referring to psychologists and medicine and stuff like that. And then there's still some weird <gasps> going on. That freaks me out a little bit. And I'm jumping the gun a little bit, but you can Google the, there's some recordings associated with this tape or this case and listen to them in the daytime. <laughs> with just, all the lights on and maybe somebody on. else at home. Yeah. I or did a not dog nearby. <laughs> I did listen in the daytime, but I was home alone and then the dog started barking at something that wasn't there and I was like, well, maybe I'll stop. That's enough of this. <laughs> Turn that off. I will ha- I have some funny, some um, comedic humor. Com- <laughs> comedic relief. Oh my gosh. I thought that was my job. Well, I have a specific part later. It's part of the story. It's part of the story. Okay. What I was trying to get at (laughs) was we talked in the Roland Doe episode about the signs of demonic possession according to the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. Because there are differences between Catholic versus Baptist. Oh, yeah. Baptist. Baptist, you're you're gay or depressed. (laughs) I was going to say, if you're gay, then you're, you know. Or, yeah, or depressed or anxious or... Mm -hmm. I don't know, sexually active, any of those things. A slut. The four, according to Catholics, the four signs of demonic possession are the manifestation of superhuman strength, speaking in tongues or languages unknown to the victim, knowledge of things that the victim could not know, such as future events or hidden information, and then blasphemous rage and aversion to holy symbols, names, relics, etc., so, Annalise has one of them so far. <laughs> She's averse to holy things. So, when I was saying earlier about how psychosomatic mm-hmm. things, they, they fascinate me because the brain has so mu- is so much more powerful yeah. than we're ever aware. Like, we still have no idea just how capable it is. And, you know, we only use, what's the estimate, like 10% of our brain. Yeah. And... There's, there's, there's so many instances of people being able to do things that mm-hmm. they've never been able to do before, and they can do it in this one instance, or, you know, everything's fine, and then all of a sudden their arm stops working. Like, they cannot yeah. move it, but there's no medical, physiological reason why they should not be able to have use of that arm. Mm-hmm. And it's because the brain just decides this, yeah. and you don't know why. And so, especially with someone who is has brain dysfunction because right. i mean it's it's not that she's mentally ill it's that yeah. her brain literally it's is not working is yeah, just it doesn't not work. working properly yeah, it's not working right. and then she's got all these weird chemicals and medications yep you know tangling it up even mm-hmm. more that i mean the brain is probably picking up some of her ideas and yeah. just things that she knows about catholicism and religion well, and is kind of amplifying like honing in and amplifying on those things and then convincing her body or like taking control of the body and saying be you know be averse to the crucifix or other religious iconography well and also i will say from not from too much of experience but when you grow up in a really religious background and you hear explanations for things so for example As much as my family says we talked about mental health, we didn't. (laughs) And I grew up kind of thinking that depression and anxiety, when I was experiencing them, my understanding was it's some kind of spiritual 
oppression. Not, I mean, not demonic possession, but like, Baptists use, we talk about the demons a lot. And, (laughs) And so, and it was, my head, my brain was, I'm being oppressed by demons, not... Oh, I have a family history of depression, and, and also I'm depressed. Chemical imbalance. Yeah, and and so if you if that's what if that's all you know, and and maybe there was a, a mental. I'm sure there was a mental illness side of this. Mm-hmm. She's depressed. She's got something going on. But your family doesn't talk about depression like it's an okay thing. They talk about. Well, something's wrong spiritually. Her depression could also be just be a side effect of her larger yeah. issues. Because growing up, I I've suffered with depression for, for as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. And you know, when I was a young child, I didn't understand mm-hmm. why I was crying myself to sleep at night. Mm-hmm. And my parents would say, "What's wrong?" And I'd just say, "I want to <laughs> like, go." I, don't know. I just I want to go home. And then you are home. And Aww. I had no answer for them. And I just said. Tennessee is home. And, you know, and then years later, as an adolescent and young adult with my depression, for a while, I never thought it was demons or spirits. I thought... You missed out on some fun there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I thought it was all me. Oh. And so I kind of compounded the problem. Like, it was my fault. And Mm. I wasn't doing enough or I was doing something wrong and I wasn't trying hard enough to fix myself. Yeah. And I also thought that I had depression with a little bit of anxiety and ADHD thrown in for fun. <laughs> Turns out ADHD is actually like bit, my yeah. kind of main issue, but depression and anxiety are often things that just really go hand in hand as yeah. more like side effects mm-hmm. of, you know, struggling to live yeah. in a world that is not designed for people with ADHD. Yeah. And then when I have struggle, I feel like a failure, and I beat myself up, and I'm anxious about forgetting things, and et cetera, et cetera. So, like, her depression could could be also just kind of like a side effect of all of this. Yeah. But, yeah, no, I never worried about the demons getting me. Yeah, I worried about that a lot. (laughs) I went to Catholic school. It's funny. I have your Catholic guilt, but I was very Baptist growing up. We're going to do a whole... I keep thinking of little mini other podcasts to create, <laughs> like, our religious childhoods. Okay. So, meanwhile, <laughs> Annalise is getting worse. She... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there were instances where she would rip her clothes. She... I read somewhere she did up to a, up to 400 squats a day like compulsively so that's another thing i was going to mention when i was talking about the brain being more powerful than we know mm-hmm. one of the signs of demonic possession according to the catholic church is the superhuman strength uh-huh our bodies actually are much stronger Ooh. than we think they are right because our brain tells our body like it it tells our body when you know how much is too much to prevent ourselves from injuring ourselves. That's uh, why you know, women can lift cars off of right. their babies. It's it's not just the adrenaline. It's that you, the, the adrenaline <laughs> and the brain are like, all right, just this once. We're going <laughs> to let your body like go to the max and lift that car. But can't, then you're done. Don't do it again. Can't you also, um, like, you can bite through, like, a human finger like it's a carrot, but your brain tells you not to? Don't do that, anyone. Please. Yep. 
It's also why they tell when you are having a full-on convulsion seizure, don't stick anything in their mouth. Especially not your fingers. Yeah. Because <laughs> it could well, bite I, off. They could choke. <laughs> if you're worried about them choking on their tongue, make sure they're on their side, I think, is the latest and greatest. And they're not likely to choke on their tongue if, as long or as they're, they're on their side. Or their vomit if they... Yeah, that too. Yeah. If they vomit. Well, I like the idea that Annalise isn't getting... <laughs> she's not exhibiting superhuman strength. She's just like preparing her legs for like... She's like, we're gonna... And like it's going to come down to something. I'm going to have some ripped legs when we do it. Well, I mean, it, it also depends on, you know, how many squats is she doing in, in like a session or is she doing, is she doing them all at once? Is yeah, she spreading them out evenly throughout the day? And if she's doing them every day, you know, like if she does 400 one day and tries to do 400 more the next day, she's going to be sore, Your right? Your legs are going to be jelly. And then how do you, how do you do 400 squats the next day if your legs are sore? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. That's why you have leg day. Yeah. I don't like leg day. I don't do leg Except day anymore. I would give anything for leg day if I could just get back to the gym. Still haven't seen a doctor about my shoulder, by the way. Uh, that's fun. Uh, some other things Annalise was doing. She crawled under a table and barked like a dog for two days. Sounds like fun. She would also growl, unrelated to the dog thing. Oh, I totally do that, too. She would eat spiders that she found. I mean, if I'm like, stuck in the woods, <laughs> nothing else. She also allegedly bit the head off of a dead bird, which has... That gives me very... I, I don't blame her. I don't trust birds. <laughs> he was probably looking at her real shifty-like. A dead bird. Oh, yeah. That gives uh, me hereditary vibes, which... How dead was the bird? Was it freshly dead? Did she have something to do with making it dead? <laughs> no, she found it in her freezer. It was labeled dead dove. Do, <laughs> do not dove, eat. No, dove bar. Do not eat. <laughs> so what it said? Dove yeah. bar? I thought dove it bar. Said dead dove. No. And then he looked in there and he's like, I don't know what I was expecting. It says dove bar. Do not eat. Because it was a dove and she got it at the bar. Are we talking about the same thing? Yeah. Arrested development. It's a... Okay. You know what? I'm going to go back and fact check that. I'm pretty sure it just said dead dove. Go for it. Keep telling us. All right. Another thing that she would do is lick her own urine off of the floor. Why is she peeing on the floor? I feel like that's also a weird thing. (laughs) Oh, also she would pee on the floor. Gotcha. Allegedly, she exhibited what they're calling close to superhuman strength when she threw her sister... (laughs) across the room and also squeezed an apple with one hand until it exploded. Again, that's because the brain isn't telling her body to stop. This is true. I think. She also... Not a doctor. Also allegedly would destroy religious relics around her house. So she was just going around the walls, you know, punching the Jesus portraits. I mean, I grew up in a Catholic school, and it was rough. I can only imagine a Catholic household. I'd probably mm-hmm. go and want to bust up some religious iconography as well. I'd be like, I'm so sick of this crap. <laughs> hi In 1973, she was prescribed carbamazepine, an anticonvulsant, I think, to replace the Dilantin, but continued taking the antipsychotics. But she continued to get worse. So finally, her mother found a priest named Ernst Alt, Father Alt, if you will, who finally believed their story that she was possessed. 
And Father Alt positioned their local bishop, Joseph Stengel, Stengel, Stengel. And he very reluctantly agreed and granted Father Alt's request for an exorcism. And it was to be be performed by a local priest whose name was Arnold Rentz. And uh, he also insisted that the exorcism must be done in secret. (laughs) So Can't have the press getting word of this. Well, they do. (laughs) I'm sure. Nothing nothing secret really stays secret. I mean, if it was secret, would I be doing a podcast on it? They failed in their secrecy. This is true. Also, quick update. Yes. We were both right. (gasps) Oh, what did it say? We were talking about different episodes. Oh. So you're talking about one from an earlier season, I think, and it does say, Dead Dove, Do Not Eat. Okay. I was thinking of the one that has, uh, was it Issa Fisher? Yeah. Who plays Ron Howard's daughter. She also had, you know, he was at her house and looked in the freezer because her kid was asking for ice cream and it said Dove Bar. (laughs) And he opened it up and he's like, no. And he looked on the back and it said, do not eat. I love when they do callbacks to Mm -hmm. their older jokes. So we were both right. Good. I was like, I'm so sure. (laughs) We were willing to fight on this. (laughs) We were going to fight about it. Okay, so the exorcism took place, you ready for these dates? September 24th, 1975 through July 1st, 1976. No, indeed. So that was 10 months. Why do you need to have an almost year-long exorcism? Well, fun fact, it was actually 67 exorcisms over the span of 10 months. They did about one or two a week. So... Some lasted as long as four hours. During these sessions, Annalise communicated that there were six... I put the word demons in a quote, and I'm going to tell you why. So she said that she has six demons inside of her. These were their names. And I'm hoping that you can tell me why I have a problem with us calling these demons. Lucifer is the only one I don't have a problem with. That's actual Satan. He's an angel, not a demon. That's true. Cain, if you don't know, I'm going to give a little description in case people aren't up on their Bible knowledge. Cain, who... Cain killed Abel. Killed, thank you. First murderer in the Bible. Judas Iscariot, the disciple who the betrayed traitor. Jesus. <laughs> don't think anyone needs help with this one. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Nero, who was Roman emperor. Who fiddled while Rome burned. Also murdered a bunch of Christians, right? Didn't he do... He what, murdered what a whole bunch of people. What Roman emperor didn't? Yeah. And then Fleischmann, who was a disgraced priest from the 16th century. Here's my issue with all of this. None of those are demons. Those are all just bad people. Mm -hmm. And I don't think... Does Catholicism teach that if you're a bad person, you become a demon? Uh, Not that I know of. Okay. Uh, But there's... My understanding was that Lucifer, when he fell, Mm -hmm. he created the demons mm-hmm. you know kind of like how god had the angels right he created the demons right. and they serve him but also i in supernatural <laughs> super credible source here yeah no actually they, they do their religious research really well on that show i've noticed mm-hmm. uh but their explanation is that the souls in hell mm-hmm not all of them become demons. Right. But some eventually do. They kind of just, they break and mm. 
can become demons, mm-hmm. but not everyone. And but I I don't know if that's what the Catholic Church teaches because that's not exactly something that is in the Bible. That's just no. in religious texts and dogmas yeah. that priests and people have just kind of come up with. Yeah, uh, much like all of religion. And also, my problem with her <laughs> saying these these six demons are in her. Uh-huh. If she's gonna come up with you know saying that she's got demons in her, uh-huh. I'm expecting some names like. Azazel, and <laughs> I keep wanting yeah. to say Hephaestus, but he's a Greek god. Oh. Uh, but there's is there's a demon. Yeah, there's Beelzebub. I think that's Baal. Uh, Baal. Whatever. Let's not say the names out loud too much right now. <laughs> Please, my, lights. Just one know, little right? flicker. <laughs> I want to see a Hannah-shaped <laughs> wall or hole in the wall. That's an old lamp too, so it does flicker occasionally. <laughs> my other thing is why are all of the big ones coming all together wouldn't you just send one like just send Judas mm-hmm. and then a bunch of smaller ones why you gotta screw tape there's one mm. from the C.S. Lewis book the screw tape letters also didn't Judas repent unclear I'm, I'm not sure I was never of the belief I feel like Christians are split on it. I was never of the belief that Judas, like, immediately went to hell. I think he felt bad. I think there's implications that because Jesus was dead when he repented, that it, like, didn't count, even though that's That's not not how it works. That's not how it works. But then also... This is religion just making up the rules again. (laughs) But then also, don't Catholics believe if you commit suicide that you you automatically go to hell? I think so. And maybe you don't go automatically straight to hell... But if you commit suicide, you are not allowed to go to heaven. Oh, so you just hang out somewhere else. You could be in purgatory. You could go to hell. I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't know the specifics of that. Well, Judas, but did kill himself. Okay. Well, there could be a problem so. there. That's true. I forgot about that. But <laughs> You're like, ooh. Well, never mind. <laughs> the main thing was I was pretty sure that he repented and asked for God's forgiveness, and that's you know, no matter how much of a sinner you are, yeah, like, that's your ticket if you truly believe and you truly are sorry and yeah. you mean it and you got well also i kane had a lot of time to do that he lived for a long time didn't he he got like that mark of disgrace and then had to go populate the earth because he was the only brother left yeah and i've always had lots of question about if uh, <laughs> the only two humans that god directly created were mom and dad how exactly is he populating this earth with his sisters yeah. Okay. So, oh, here's the funny part. <laughs> Sorry. So there, we're all related, <laughs> Catholics, Christians. We got, we all come from Adam and Eve. Uh-huh. So everyone's your family. Love each other. There you go. Love everyone. I'm out. I had to do another Arrested Development reference in there. <laughs> probably, <clears throat> especially your family. So there was apparently some arguing between the demons, which I think is hilarious to picture to just imagine uh allegedly hitler said quote (laughs) sorry people are stupid as pigs they think it's all over after death it goes on but then judas said that hitler was nothing but quote a big mouth and had no quote real say in hell (laughs) so i love the idea i mean 
you know, with a grain of salt. I love the idea of Demon Hitler being, like, complaining and whining and then Judas bumping in and being like, don't listen. He doesn't even... He literally mops the floors. Like, he's not even... Come on. He's not even top tier. I don't know what he's doing (laughs) in your mind and body with the rest of us big wigs, but... Okay. Okay. Like, oh, you're so famous. That doesn't make you as important as, as us. Exactly. In the also, world. I mean, yeah. In the in the in the scheme of things, I don't know. Hitler was terrible. So, just, I'm thinking that maybe some of her antipsychotics has just driven her to the brink of like schizophrenia. Yeah. Well, and another thing that I read was the. She's picking, like, the most famous evil people to say. So it's like, if she is not not faking it, but, you know, if it is kind of an act and someone says, like, who's in, you know, tell me the names, Mm -hmm. she's not going to have some Latin demon names, you know, to roll off her tongue. So she's like, Hitler, remember him? Hitler. Yeah, that's why I think, uh, I mean, A, I don't believe in demonic possession, but B, I really don't believe that that's the case here. Yeah. Because just of these six demons. Yeah. Like, I mean, good call on saying there are six of them because... Yeah. Six, but... I will, again, encourage you to listen to the audio because... And I'm not trying to say either way because this has a terrible ending, but it just... Well, it wouldn't be an episode of our podcast if it didn't, so... <laughs> yes, but the the recordings are really creepy. Even if... I guess even if you don't believe she's possessed, they're just... It's German, and it's... She's a real creepy voice. I've talked to people. I've dealt with people who are legitimately crazy mm. and having you know psychotic episodes, and it is creepy and scary as hell. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're possessed. Pun intended. Scary as hell. (laughs) All right. Annalise allegedly broke bones in her knees during the 10 months of the exorcisms due to repeated genuflections, which Katie knows what those are. Yep. It's when you kneel on one knee, right? Yep. Okay. It's a. Because when you go up the eye, you've got a genuflect and it's basically a little bow. Yeah. I couldn't find this uh, definitive source, but the implication of this is that she was voluntarily doing this. It wasn't like the priests weren't forcing her to do it. Yeah, no, I... And I kind of got the idea that in between these moments of, like, possession, you know, alleged Mm -hmm. possession, that she, being Catholic and probably being terrified, was praying and, like, trying to, like, do all the good Catholic girl things to, like... Again, I think it's her brain is in a messed up state, and it's just picking up on random things that she knows and habits that she has, Mm -hmm. making the sign of the cross, you know, kneeling to pray, etc. And it's it's working that religious stuff from both the the end, uh, you know, both ends of like you're possessed and, like, mm-hmm. these are the evil things, but then also on the, here, you need to pray and, you know, do this and it'll save you and whatnot. Yeah. So she's she's working both ends of the... Yeah. Burning both ends of the candle. Exactly. 
She had to frequently be restrained during portions of the exorcism because she would bang her head against the wall or bite herself or bite others. She began speaking about, quote, dying to atone for the wayward youth of the day and the apostate priests of our modern church. At one point, her parents stopped consulting medical doctors per her request. She didn't want any... I guess she didn't want any more drugs or, you know, if she's fully on board, she wants to be like, stop giving me drugs, stop consulting doctors, just let them get the demons out of me. And towards the end of the 10, 10 months, she began to refuse to eat. And she worded it in that she was not permitted to eat. So she was kind of making it sound forced. Maybe it was her way of trying to find a way out. Or trying to find some control over the situation. Mm, maybe that. Uh, I, I, was, I was kind of thinking that, like, again... Her brain is telling her she's not permitted to eat. Yeah, that's true. On July 1st of 1976, Annalise died in her home. Her autopsy report listed her cause of death as malnutrition and dehydration. She weighed 68 pounds at the time of her death, and she was only 23 years old. And, I mean... At least, you know, when she was literally wasting away, mm-hmm. she no longer had the strength to, you know, yeah, you know, break parts of her body. Yeah, that's true. Um, I did read that the autopsy also stated, I think this was brought up, um, spoiler alert, in a court case that happens in a moment. The autopsy stated that her brain actually showed no signs of epilepsy or seizures, which I don't know what that means. After her death, her parents, Father Rents and Father Alt, were all charged with negligent homicide. The prosecution stated that Annalise was not possessed and was suffering from epileptic episodes and psychosis. They or just psychosis <laughs> brought on by a yeah. false diagnosis right. of epilepsy and prescription of antipsychotics and anti-seizure medicine. Yeah. So uh, one other thing I've been thinking about: there's an episode of Psych in mm-hmm. which possession is a thing, and then there's like the the old priest that's like convinced that you know they need to have an exorcism. <gasps> oh, I remember that one. <laughs> when really, I think I've mentioned this in our last exorcism episode yeah. too, when really he has Parkinson's mm-hmm. and one of the students stole his medicine because mm. it, it's, I think it's like anti-seizure medicine yeah. and gave it to this other student and it just drove her insane yeah. to the point where she committed suicide. Yeah. And because she was so beyond out of her mind. And also this was at a religious Catholic school. And so just having that heavy presence of religion there uh, played a big role in her mindset as well, which generous to call it mindset if you're that whacked out on prescription drugs. Well, religion will (sighs) fill up. Also, I I am glad that the Catholic Church has really stepped back from mm-hmm. the whole exorcism thing and apparently it's much less common but I I really think that she was suffering some sort of issues mm-hmm. and that 
by agreeing to do exorcisms, they mm-hmm. were throwing fuel onto the fire. Yeah, they were like, here's two people that believe you who are priests. Yeah, they, they jumped way too fast to, mm-hmm. yes, it's a an exorcism. And I think that this just further drove her insane yeah. and created problems instead of trying to treat it medically. I have a friend who was a nurse, and when she was doing her psych rotation, the doctor said something to her that she told me, and I love. It's when dealing with a crazy patient... Mm-hmm. I, that sounds insensitive. <laughs> when dealing with a patient in the psych ward, right. uh, you, don't, you don't try and tell them that there aren't any ducks in the room. Mm-hmm. You just help them shoo them out. So instead of saying, yes, you're possessed, or even saying, no, you're not possessed, Mm -hmm. you can say, well, maybe you are. Let's help figure this out. Maybe that's what they were trying to do by going to the exorcism, but exorcism I don't think was the right Something tells me that they weren't just sitting down with her and being like, so tell me what you're hearing. Yeah. Mm. Well, I I don't know if they ever tried to... Uh, not argue with her, but disagree and, and reason with her that, you know, so you think you're possessed. Well, maybe you're not. Yeah. you know, you don't have this. I'm like, sure, you've got this issue, but, you know, what about yeah. this? It did kind of seem like the her only responses to her suggestions that she was possessed were either, no, you're not, go see a doctor, or... Yes, you are. Let's do... Let's do an exorcism 60, for 10 months. Yeah, 60, however many, 67 exorcisms. So the def- uh, not the defense. The prosecution also argued that her death could have been prevented as late as one week before she died had she been given proper medical attention. Yeah, once she stopped eating. Yeah, that's when you take her to the hospital. Yeah. and get her on a feeding tube or IV or whatever. Well, and they also argued that she was not mentally capable of determining what was in her own best interest, and that her parents should have forced medical care on her. Yeah, because how old was she at this time? 17? She was 23. Oh, 23? Okay, well, never mind. I mean, still, if you're... Yeah, no, if you're mentally incapable, then, yeah, you know, parents, power of attorney, whatever. Yeah. The defense played the tapes of the exorcism as proof, as their proof, but ultimately the court found all four parties guilty. Father Rents and Father Alt were each sentenced to six months in jail, which later ended up being suspended, so they didn't serve any jail time. Because they're priests. <laughs> and they also got three years of probation. Her parents... Oh, actually- probation, you mean, <laughs> you know, you, you can't drink or have any illegal drugs on you or <laughs> carry a weapon. Oh, no. How are you, you going to adjust back into priest life I know. under these you know harsh restrictions? So they got punished by just continuing to be priests. Yeah. Annalise's parents were not punished due to a law in Germany that basically said that they had suffered enough already. I guess they were like, well, your daughter died and we are legally saying that it's your fault. So, so I don't know. So a young woman <laughs> is dead. Yeah. Driven insane to her death. Well, and again, I mean, I can kind of see the point of like... They they thought that they were doing what was best for her. They were not forcing yeah. anything on her that she didn't want. No, I'm I'm not trying to say that these people should be rotting yeah. in prison till the day they die or anything like that. It just yeah. sometimes I don't want to offend anyone, but 
religious or religion can be very dangerous. Yes. Because people think that they are doing the right thing by doing 67 exorcisms over 10 yeah. months and neglecting necessary medical care, especially when this person stops eating and is clearly injuring themselves. Yeah. And, um, that's just because their faith is so strong that this will fix her. Um, yeah. Well, there just there's, there has to be a point where you say, you know what, the exorcisms aren't working. We need to try something yeah. else. Well, you, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of similar situations that you could say, like, parents think that they're saving their child's soul by sending them to gay conversion camps. Yeah. And I mean, religion <laughs> can be very dangerous. Yeah. But also, parents can be dangerous and do the wrong yeah, they things. Can. Thinking that they're caring for their kids without religion. So I'm not just saying... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying oh, that for sure. only religious people have the capability of, you know, harming people yeah. in in the pursuit of doing something good for them. We just do it a lot more. <laughs> Christians just do it a lot more openly. Well, it's... I think they end <laughs> up in the courtroom more often than others. <laughs> You know, the uh, we're letting our child die because uh, no blood transfusions or uh, yeah. it's against our yeah. religion to take any kind of medication. Yeah, that's a that's a whole other ball game. In 2005, the movie The Exorcism of Emily Rose was released. Every time you say <laughs> The Exorcism, I have finished in my head of Emily Rose. Of Emily Rose. Uh, that movie actually terrified me. And in 2006, a German film called Requiem was released, and both of those are loosely based on Annalise's story. Exorcism, oh gosh, Exorcism of Emily Rose actually, I believe, is from the perspective of the court case. It like starts with the court case, and the whole movie is like flashbacks to what happened, but it <laughs> very clearly is talking about a specific. Case. Interesting premise. I haven't In, seen it. Oh, it's... Again, watch it during the daytime, please. <laughs> <laughs> With other people in your house. In 2013, a fire broke out in Annalise's former home, burning the house to the ground. Local authorities said it was arson, but many believe it was connected to the 67 exorcisms that took place there 37 years earlier. Way too many, way too many years have passed. I'd say that's. Six. I'm going with arson, or uh, if the building hadn't been updated or renovated since the '60s or before, whenever it was it's built. True. Faulty wiring. Faulty wiring. You know that asbestos burns like that. Tinderbox. Uh, that's it. That's all I have. That's the story of the exorcism of Annalise Mikkel. I, again, was like totally just waiting for you to say, <laughs> that's the story of Emily Rose. <laughs> and uh, not a spoiler alert, but if if you are a patron, so Gemma, Ronnie, and Emerald, <laughs> the bonus episode is not about this case, but it is about another exorcism case that, Katie, I, can, I cannot emphasize enough to you how 
wild it is. I just read the synopsis and I was like, I can't wait to hear it. I but if more. it's this wild, I can't believe it's just going to be a mini-sode. It's, I just couldn't find a lot of stuff on it. Also, once I did start looking into it, a lot of other podcasts have covered it. So I'm hmm. not trying to step on any toes. And I'm not going to tell you guys what it is because I want you to be patrons. Please, <laughs> guys, join our Patreon as a friendly reminder. Here's the carrot. <laughs> I'm making less money now so I can work on the podcast. I'm hoping people feel bad for me. And that's why we so very genuinely appreciate our patrons. We do. So, so much. You guys have no idea how much we it makes our day. Also, genuinely very much appreciate all of our listeners all and of our supporters. Yeah. We know that not everyone can afford to become patrons. This and we love you still. And I will continue to force Katie to drink wine that she hates and then give her other wine that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's all. That's all I have. We did our announcements up top. We're on top of things now. Got it. And theoretically, we're recording again in a couple days and then again on Thursday. What? Like, what? My schedule now. Yeah. So, anyways. What are you looking forward to in the coming days mm. or week or so? Forgot about that. Um, let's see. This weekend. Apparently, I'm coming to your house. You're coming to my house. <laughs> I am looking forward to that, but I'm also very nervous mm-hmm. about it. We're doing a guest recording spot. Can we announce it yet? I think we should wait. Okay. We're doing... Mm, details coming soon. Details coming soon. I'm nervous because we've never done that before. Um, I don't know. I'm excited about next Tuesday because I don't have to go into work. I get... <laughs> I really like my days off now. Uh, I'm excited about that glass of wine that I'm going to have that's in that bottle. I thought you were pointing at mine. I was like, I'm, I'm going to finish this. No, there's a, a full glass left in that sea glass bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking for you know Full what? glass. I'm looking forward to eating the over 1,000 um, goldfish that, that I won at Katie's house last weekend and a guessing game. And that's all I have. My week is very boring. I am looking forward to hopefully finally being seen by an orthopedist. Yay! I have called, so I called it took me like three or four times actually going into the office and calling again for oh far i finally spoke with someone and she told me you know since it's going through workers comp because it you know, the injury happened at work mm-hmm. that she needed some information i was like well i only have the one form that i uh, sent you and she's like yeah. no that's really okay and i need this but there's a few other things i need this this and this and i'm like i don't know if i have any of that and she's like it's totally fine if you give me the name and number of your insurance adjuster or if you give them my number i'll mm-hmm. give you my direct line so i'm like awesome I have her direct number i don't have nice. to go through the you know front desk and service and call lines and everything <laughs> you know then you know they can call me and i can yeah. ask for that and we'll be able to get you in right away right that was when I spoke with her. That was Wednesday of last week, Ooh. and it is now Thursday. So, uh, so since it's, it's going since it's going through like workers' comp, and it's like got to go through like the state or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, our office manager was like, "Yeah, no, it hasn't been assigned. Like your case hasn't been assigned an adjuster yet." And then she emailed me Monday and she's like, "Hey." Here's the, you know, it's been assigned. Here's their name. Here's their phone number. So yeah. I called the doctor's office, and, of course, I only got voicemail. I'm like, yeah. hey, it's Katie. 
here is the name and number for the insurance adjuster. You know, here's my, you know, case number or whatever if you need that. You know, just call me back if you need any other information mm-hmm. so that we can get me scheduled. That was Monday. <laughs> I called her again earlier this week, I think. Maybe mm-hmm. Tuesday. I called her again this morning. And I meant to call her this afternoon, but I got busy with work. So I'm going to call again tomorrow. Yay. I'm call again and again until I finally get to speak with her. Ooh. Because uh, I'm just going to have to ask, like, look, I, I know that you want to have the workers' comp insurance stuff all sorted out. Yeah. And out of the way first, so we don't have to deal with it on the back end. But but what if we did deal with it on the back end? <laughs> I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah. And the longer I go, like, I don't know if I'm worsening yeah. the injury, you know, or maybe it's starting to heal, but it's healing improperly. That's mm-hmm. going to cause me more problems and pain and issues in the long run. Yeah. Like if I need to get something fixed, then I need to know ASAP so I can yeah. deal with that. And if I don't need to fix anything and if I just need like physical therapy or if there's certain things like I need to restrict certain movements, I need to know that so that I can let my body heal properly. Yeah. If you're from a country with universal health care, write in and tell us what that's like. Because yeah. <laughs> this is what it's like here. Katie's arm is falling off and has been for the last three weeks. When people listen to, when this episode comes out, mm-hmm. it will have been a month. Jeez. Almost to the day. Yay. Ooh. Man, all right, I gotta add another one because this we do this because we're supposed to do this as like the uplifting yeah, for thing. Real. I am. It's not next or like in the coming days. It's in a couple weeks, but uh, Shelton is taking a vacation mm-hmm. at middle of May, and we're getting to go up to the cabin because nice. we the murder cabin. We haven't been to the murder cabin in a while, and because anytime we've kind of had time to get up there, mm-hmm. it was when it got cold again. And so we're like, we're not going there. If it's going to be in, like, the low 40s at night, no thank you. I like, I like the cold. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you'd like this. Uh, but, so, we will be going to the murder cabin again soon. Yay! It's significantly less murdery. And okay. every time we go, it looks even nicer and nicer. So I'll take more pictures to Okay, share. good. Because that was one of my favorite pictures you ever sent. <laughs> oh, man. Well, if you've stuck with us for this long... Thanks so much. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.